Okay, for the past two weeks now, we've been talking about God's measuring stick. And on a scale one to a hundred, we can talk about whatever we're doing and find out where we are. Wherever we reach out and touch the scale in any particular area in our life and just lock in there in faith based on the Word of God and just refuse to let anything cause us to back down in our determination, we're going to find out that God will get us to that place. It's our choice where we want to be. And when I first realized it was my choice, I thought, Lord, how many times, uh, you know, I've missed that. But some people are spiritually taking hold of their measuring stick way down low without even knowing it because they have no idea. They don't realize that they have a choice. In fact, I'm finding out that most Christians have no idea that they even have a choice in the matter. See, we're spiritually touching that measuring stick at a particular place on the scale all the time based on how much priority now we're putting into that particular area. So <clears throat> we might as well take advantage now of where we could be with the Lord. We need, when we know we can do that, we need every day to make that decision, even though our mind may be screaming and saying, you know, there's no way for me to get there. I don't have the ability or I don't have the talent or whatever. Too many times we're arguing within ourselves. But the getting there really is not our problem. We can all look forward from where we've been and see how far we've come. And many times we can say, Lord, I don't know how I've made it this far. So we know it's God. It's kind of like the farmer who puts the seed in the ground and later the blade pops up and finally the whole plant. And he has no idea how it happened. He put the seed in the ground, but he has no idea how it happened any more than we know how God's going to develop our faith in our heart and get us where we need to be. And so the first week we talked about the target or the goals that we have in our health, our marriage, and our children. Last week we talked about the goals we set for our walk with God and how, how desirous we are to be exactly where God wants us to be. And that decision is going to show us now where we're touching the measuring stick. Every time we see where we are, that needs to say to me, that's where I touch the measuring stick, but I have a choice. Now, we looked at the first three questions last week in this 10-item survey. Number one, we looked at how high am I reaching the measuring stick in my fellowship time with God. In other words, how much priority do I put in, in my fellowship with God? Does my busy schedule cause me to grab hold of that measuring stick way down low? And when we realize it's our fault, it's where we're grabbing hold, then it'll make a big difference. Okay, number two, how well do I hear God's voice? Do I desire his, to hear his voice enough to make the effort to do my part? Okay, that's going to tell me where I've taken hold on the measuring stick in that area. And then number three, we looked at how determined can I be to find my ministry and be the very best that I can be. Okay, so now this week starts our survey question number four. So number four, how consistent am I in my walk with God? And on this one, number four, the key word is consistency. How high have I grabbed hold of the scale in the consistency of my Christian walk? And consistency really is our key word. Keep hearing that. How consistent am I in my church attendance? We need to be honest. Does any little thing give me an excuse not to go to church today? Or is church attendance a real priority? Okay, that's going to tell me about my walk with God. Where on the scale am I touching when house guests come? Do they know to bring clothes to go to church with me? Or are they shocked when they find out that I even go? If my lifestyle hasn't even put that across, then I need to take a good hard look. If our church attendance is only to please a person, we can miss and it won't really matter. But church attendance now is obedience to God 
because he said, don't forsake the assembly. And he said, especially as times get hard. And boy, we're seeing the times get harder and harder. What about being on time? You know, how high on the scale of priority is it that I'm there on time where, where I'm not running in at the very last moment? Now, we're all going to have something happen occasionally where we're late. But regularly, am I being on time? Is, is that a priority or is it a lack of discipline, not caring? Do I see being on time enough of a priority to make it a, an effort to change what I'm doing? So we need to grab that measuring stick right at the top and want to be there in time where we have time just to sit there in the pew for a little while and just bask in his presence. Yes. If we get there in time to just say, God, you're right here, and I, I, I just want to uh, get in tune with you. I want to get flowing with you before the service even starts. That's so important. He wants us to make it a priority to want to be in his presence. Sometimes we forget uh, to for that to be a desire, for that to be something we truly want. And you say, well, I can, uh, you know, I can do my praises and all that at home. Yes, we can, but do we? You know, do we? And there's something about doing it collectively with a group. How consistent am I in my tithing and in my giving, you know? That's going to tell me a lot about where I've reached out and touched the scale in my walk with God. Now, not only will our consistency in giving tell us, uh, you know, about our walk with God, but it also releases God's financial blessings in our life. And sometimes uh, Christians don't even realize that. Do I realize that, that when I'm consistent in this area, it's going to release God's financial blessings to me? What about my confessions? You know, the Lord showed me that it's really easy to be consistent in making good confessions as long as things are going really well. That's really easy to say all the right things. And so we reach pretty high up on the scale at that point. But we need to ask ourselves, how high am I in my determination to say what God's word says and believe it when things aren't appearing to go right? It's a little harder to make those right confessions when everything seems to be falling on its face. But that's when we start letting God know we believe his word no matter what it looks like on the outside. Now, if I'm not consistent in saying what God says, no matter what the circumstances, then that tells me whether I'm touching that measuring stick high or low. And that tells me I'm pretty low on the scale in, in the consistency of my walk with God. Now, God will finally bring us to that place on the scale where we decide that we're going to touch and we're going to hang in there. We're not going to give up. Where we decide this is where I want to be. How consistent am I in my lifestyle? What about in the area of my Christian witness? How consistent am I? Am I absolutely looking around trying to see if there's someone who needs a word from God? Or, or do I just go about my daily life and not even pay attention to the people that are around me. Now, some people don't think that what they do is important. And they think, well, nobody even notices what I'm doing. Listen, two or three years ago, a woman came in devastated. And she had seen someone from our church that she had really had them up on a pedestal. She had thought, oh, I want to be like them. Well, they were at a party, and she saw them drinking very heavily. And she was never the same again. I mean, it really did something to her. Well, when I told this person what their witness had done, they said, well, she shouldn't have the, her eyes on me. And it, it was like it didn't even matter to them. We need to ask ourselves, how consistent am I in wanting my Christian witness to be what somebody else needs? That may be true, but we're also told that we may be the only Bible that somebody else ever reads. 
And we're warned heavily against causing a brother or sister to stumble. You know, when we know something in our lifestyle that doesn't line up and we do it anyway, I think we'll be judged for that. Even if you don't consider something to be a sin, if it's questionable, we need to come to a place where we say, I'm I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to shun the very appearance of evil. Paul said, I can eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols. And he said, it's not a sin for me to do that. But if it's going to cause my brother to stumble, I'm not going to do it. That needs to be foremost in our thinking. Now, different cultures see different things as wrong. And we don't want to uh, harm our Christian witness just to prove that we have the right to do something. You know, years ago, when Jack and I first married, we attended this church, and after the service, I overheard the minister's wife, and she was talking to this couple, and it sounded like they were planning to go on a trip together, and they were making plans to go to this X-rated movie, and I remember I was a very young Christian, and I was devastated. I was young. I couldn't believe that this could be happening to a minister and his wife. You know, I had them way up on a pedestal, and it was obvious that they were doing it because they were out of town. And no one would know. But I thought, do they think God doesn't know? But it did something to me. Now, there are some people who honestly believe that they can take time off for good behavior. A lot of Christians who believe that. But God is saying, where are you touching the scale in your lifestyle, your overall lifestyle? What is your goal? How consistent do we choose to be? Do we sometimes take a vacation from our spiritual walk? And I thought about it. What if God decided he was going to take a vacation? What if he decided not to do any providing or any protecting while he was on his two-week vacation? We've been in pretty big trouble. But we don't think much about it sometimes when we're doing that. And God's wanting us to look at that in our lives. Praise God. He's our Jehovah Shamash. He's our God ever-present. And the Bible tells us he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He says, I'll never even relax my hold on you. When we think about that, that should make us want to do better every moment of the day when we realize he's doing his absolute best for us every moment. But he's saying to each one of us, where are you touching the scale consistently in your dedication to me? And that's something that we need to stop in this survey and, and really be honest with ourselves. Now, when we take a long, hard look at our consistency in our lifestyle, it's going to tell us where we're touching that scale in our walk with God, zero to a hundred. Every day should find us serving God just a little more consistently than we served him yesterday. We should be moving up that scale every day because if I'm touching the scale high in the area of serving God, God is going to get me to that plateau. Just because I'm reaching higher doesn't mean I'm there. But if I keep reaching, God just gives us a boost, helps us get there. So every day should find me serving God just a little more and a little more than I did the day before. Now, we may not be doing any of the things that move us, you know, but when we want it and we tell God this is very important to me, then he gets us there. And we're going to find out that every day we should be wanting to do more for the kingdom of God than we did yesterday. doesn't mean that our schedule has to get any fuller. I'm just saying that we'll be consistently doing more of his will rather than our will. You know, uh, sometimes we think, well, I just can't do any more. I'm so busy already. Well, we need to just say, okay, Lord, show me what I'm doing in my schedule that's your perfect will. If I'm doing your perfect will, I may not be having to be any busier than I've ever been. But getting in the center of God's will, that's where he wants us. And so not just doing good things, but doing God things.
Corrie ten Boom has always been such an inspiration to me. She went through the Nazi war camp. And at 70 years of age, when a lot of the people would be kicking up their heels saying, well, I'm leaving this to the next generation. I've done all the work I'm going to do. I'm turning it over to somebody else. No, that's when she started traveling all over the United States and traveling in foreign countries, taking the gospel. Sometimes they said she would speak two and three times a day. And that's hard. <laughs> that's hard for a speaker. She even wrote the book Tramp for the Lord when she was 80 years old. And it's one of the most incredible books that you can read. She had touched that scale high in her determination to be very consistent in her walk with God. How consistent are we in our witness before our children? We need to look at it on that scale, one to a hundred. Some people do things in the privacy of their home because they think nobody's going to know. I know a lot of people who've even said that to me, but these children are watching and they're taking it all in. There was one little seven-year-old boy that told his Sunday school teacher about his icebox being full of liquor that his dad had. And the next thing he said was, I can hardly wait until I'm old enough to drink. We have no idea how these children are watching everything we do. Everything we do. And then we wonder why our kids grow up and think that it's okay to do a lot of the things that we think, I never would have believed they were going to grow up and, and turn out this way. We need to look at our lifestyle. Okay, number five, is it more important for you what God thinks or what other people think? And it's really easy to say, oh, it's more important to me what God thinks. But by our actions, sometimes we're really saying, it is more important to me what other people think. But I have to look where I'm touching the scale in that area. Now, off the top of our head, we'd say, oh, Lord, you're more important, of course. But if we ever find ourselves compromising now to please someone, we can know we have touched that scale way down low, and it is more important to us what other people think. And we need to be honest enough to look at that. Have you ever failed to witness or failed to pray over your food because of who you were with? You know, sometimes we have to realize when we go out to eat with certain people, you know, we know we should be praying over our food. We know we should be doing that. But, oh, Lord, I'll do it next time. I, I, I don't want to offend this person that I'm with. We need to look at these things in our lives. In Galatians 2, 9 through 13, and recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and Caiaphas and John, who were re reputed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we might go to the Gentiles and, and they to be circumcised. They only ask us to remember the poor, the very thing I also was eager to do. But when Caiaphas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof fearing the party of the circumcised. And the rest of the Jews joined him in the hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. People-pleasing will pull our hand way down the scale if we're not careful. And it happened to Peter and even to Barnabas here. And we're going to be held responsible. How could Barnabas and, and Caiaphas have known that people-pleasing, their people-pleasing was going to be told to the whole church all down through the ages, everybody knows what they did. I mean, can't you imagine when they found that out, their face turned so red, you know? I've thought about that so many times, and I thought, we have no idea who's watching. But they had no idea the whole church world would be watching. Okay, number six, who or what is my source? Where am I touching the scale there? 
Okay, let me give you a clue. What is the very first thing that comes to your mind when trouble begins to rear its early, ugly head? We, we need to ask ourselves because that's a real telltale sign of what we're looking to for answers and for help. What or who is my source? God's not opposed to doctors and medicine. He's not opposed to that. But if that's where we turn the moment that sickness comes with no thought of God being our healer, then we're in trouble. We need to consider that. Our hearts need to run immediately to God. And he may tell us to go to the doctor. He may tell us to take medicine. But we need to run to him first and sincerely seek answers from him to find where we're supposed to be. We have entered into the time when it is imperative that we get the leading of the Lord on everything. In these end days, we don't have time to make mistakes. The anointing has fallen off of man's wisdom to a great extent. I've seen that lately, that people in high authority, that once we would have put a great deal of of, uh, appreciation to them, and, and they're making mistakes right and left. There was a time when a man could fairly predict what was going to happen in the business world. He could fairly predict what was going to happen in the economy. But boy, not anymore. Not anymore. But the main reason for running to God is because that's a real telltale picture of the kind of walk that we really want with God. We want God's will. So where are we touching the scale in that area? Okay, number seven. How quick am I to be obedient? You know, it's fine to wait and make sure it's God and get it checked out because the devil's a deceiver. But once we know that it's God, how quick am I to be obedient? Sometimes we wait around and we make considerations, you know, how's this going to affect my life? Well, Dr. Cole says obedience is one of God's main ways to protect us. Sometimes we forget that uh, doing it God's way and being obedient to him, we forget that it's for our protection. Deuteronomy 6 verse 24 says, we obey for our good and our survival. I marked that scripture years ago in my Bible when I realized my obedience is not just to please God, but my obedience is also for my good, for my survival. Are we obedient as long as it's convenient? You know, sometimes that's a temptation to a Christian. As long as it doesn't interfere with what we want to do. As long as it doesn't take us out of our comfort zone, we need to ask ourselves these questions. Jesus said in John 12, verse 33, obedience is better than sacrifice. God's not wanting our sacrifice. He's not wanting us to do without necessarily. He just wants us to be obedient to whatever it is that he's asked us to do. His commandments are not a burden. Now, we've all touched the measuring stick somewhere in our obedience that one to a hundred, if we'll be really honest, we've touched at different points on that scale. The answer to these questions is certainly going to let you know how high you are on the scale. Okay, number eight, how badly do I really want to be cleaned up and operate in the kingdom of God? I think most of us pray this all the time. Lord, I want to be a blessing in the kingdom. But sometimes we need to ask and be sincere and ask God, how badly do I really want to be cleaned up enough to be uh, operating in the kingdom of God. Are we doing works for the kingdom of God? Matthew 12, 28 says, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon me. You know, I know a lot of people that they want to be obedient to God, 
They want to be a blessing, but they, I don't want to have anything to do with casting out demons. But notice how much of God's ministry, Jesus' ministry, was casting out demons when he was on earth, you know. And so it really is not our place to say, well, God, I know you did it. You, you did it every day, but that's just really not my thing. I, I don't want to do that, you know. Well, how badly do we want to operate in God's kingdom? Badly enough to help others get set free? no matter how inconvenient it might be for us? How big a priority is it to be rid of demonic oppression? You know, we want it for ourselves, but there's a lot of people who are just so weighted down with demonic oppression, and God has given us the answer. It's a lot of trouble to, to be in that ministry, but my, what a blessing it is to the other person. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But how much do I honestly desire the righteousness of God? How, how much do I desire to be in right standing with Him? See, these are questions that we need to ask ourselves ever so often to keep ourselves in line. How, how much do I want God's kind of peace, peace that passes human understanding? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, uh, how much do I want that joy that can't even be put into words? We can say all day long, I want peace, but do I want these things badly enough to go do it God's way? Because sometimes my way of trying to get the righteousness, the peace, and the joy is not exactly how God's telling me to do it. Now, we're all quick to say, Lord, of course I want these things. But it's really easy to mouth it but do I want it badly enough to get cleaned up for it? How badly do I want it? How much do we want God to be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant? I try to remind myself of that often. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do because that's what I want in the end. But sometimes it's easier to say, I want you to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But sometimes I'm not willing to do all those things that it takes to get me there. Sometimes we start to justify and excuse and we begin to deny and that shows that we're touching that scale really low. Many times we really don't desire God's cleanup in every area. Where it's convenient, where we know it's going to help us, you know, we want it. But sometimes we think, oh, that's going to be a little hard to have to turn that over. But we need to ask ourselves, are there some areas in my life that I'm hanging on to? Because that's going to tell me a lot about my walk with God. Number nine, how badly do I want to love walk with God? Now, this is just sort of a reminder from last week. But... It's so important that I think it needed to be mentioned again. It's one thing to spend fellowship time, but it's another thing to get into a love walk. There's a difference between spending fellowship time and developing a love walk where we want what God wants for us more than we want anything else in this world. Now, we can mouth all day long, Lord, I want a love walk, but I'm not really touching that scale high until I desire it with all of my heart and soul and mind and strength, where I desire it enough to say, God, I want to change anywhere I have to change to make it happen. Now, our first thoughts when we awake each morning should be, Lord, thank you for another day that I can spend with you. That needs to be the first thoughts in our mind. I thank you for the awesome privilege of just being in your presence. How much time do we spend expressing love and devotion to God? The Lord speaks to me a lot when I'm driving somewhere and tells me, turn the radio off and just talk to me. Tell me how much you love me. That's what he wants to hear. Thanking him over and over and over for all the blessings. 
Now, our choice of activities is going to reflect our love walk. In Proverbs 16, 3, God says, lay out your plans and let me establish those plans and then you'll be successful. Sometimes we don't want to lay our plans out because we don't want God to change them. But we need to come to a place where we're not willing to hold anything back. Lord, these are my plans, but you change them because I want to be pleasing to you. And then last, number 10, am I concerned about others as much as I'm concerned about myself? This is a hard one. It's really easy to say, well, yes, of course I am. Let me tell you something. Very few of us have come to the place where we're as concerned about others' welfare as much as we are concerned about ourselves. And, but that needs to be a goal. That shows how high we're reaching, either low on that measuring stick or reaching really high. God, I want to be used by you. Where am I touching the scale in my concern for others? How much time do I spend meditating and praying about the needs of others? It's real easy to look around to, especially people that we know fairly well, and we know what they need. But how much time am I spending really praying for those needs to be met? How much time in relationship to how much time I spend praying for my needs to be met? Seriously, how much time do I spend there? Now, Paul says that we're to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. What are these spiritual gifts anyway? Okay, they are given to us to minister to the body. Some people, I think they want the spiritual gifts because it makes them look spiritual, makes them look good. But we need to realize that they're given to us for one reason, to minister to the body. How much time do I spend really picturing myself going out and ministering God's mercy and grace to other people? And it's easy to ask the question, but when we stop and really consider how much time Sometimes our face can turn red because God's oneness to come to a place where we minister his mercy and grace to other people with no motive other than just the sheer joy of knowing that we're helping them get their needs met. Yes. How big a desire is it in my heart to have every person I know have their needs met and their life blessed? How, how important is that to me? Do I really care that there are people around me that are headed for hell? You know, I had to stop and think about that. When I was young, growing up, we had a lot of neighbors, and uh, it wasn't until one day, I mean, it's just like it hit me right in the face, that I had to stop and realize I'd never thought about the fact that I had a lot of neighbors, and their cars never left their driveway on Sunday morning. They never went to church. And how concerned was I that they were going to, maybe end up in hell if they didn't do something. And after I got married, Angela just put me to shame because I'm going to tell you what, that's the first thing she would notice. I don't think they're headed for heaven, she'd say. Mother, I don't think they're headed for heaven. And so she pulled me back in line a lot because she found out a way where she could go and see where they were. Sometimes she started making a friendship with some of the, the neighbors, just so she could find out where they were in their Christian walk. And I thought, okay, Lord, that's what I want to do. How, how much do, on a scale one to a hundred, how much do I care in that area? How often do I go out of my way to get a word of, give a word of encouragement? There's some people, just a little word of encouragement would get them through the day. And, but how important is, me, is it to me to stop and, and do that? How high am I touching the scale in my measuring stick? On Sunday morning, do I consider that I am in that service as an ambassador of Christ? 
Some people say, well, I don't even know what an ambassador is. Well, it's a representative of Jesus. Do we even consider that we're in that service as a representative of Jesus, that if someone has a need, that they can look to us and we can give them answers? We're the representative of Christ. Do I find myself passing judgment now? Do I find myself passing judgment or do I find myself looking for the very best in that person or in that situation? You know, it's better to expect the best and be proved wrong than to be critical and judgmental and be proved right. So we need to take these 10 questions and this is pretty much, I, I tried to cover an overall base. And I think most of us would have to say, I missed a bunch. <laughs> I fell short a, a lot of the way, but it gives us then something to say, okay, Lord, you've given me that measuring stick, zero to a hundred. And Lord, I want to go down my list and I want to ask myself in every one of these situations, where am I on that scale? And how much do I want to change? How much do I want to do it your way? Because I think that's what God is asking us. He said, I've given my all for you. Now will you give your all for me? What I need to ask myself, what is it that I really want in life? Am I wanting to accomplish all the things I want to accomplish and have good things happen to me? Or, or do I really have a goal of being so much in a Christian walk that other people can come to me and get answers? How close do I really want to be to God? Now, in the parable that Jesus told when they sent out the invitation, he was telling about having this big gathering and he was sending out invitations come and none of them wanted to come they didn't really want to come they had other things that carried a higher priority uh, do I have things that ca carry a higher priority to me than what God wants how close do I really want to be with God because see we can have exactly what we want we can touch that scale anywhere we want to touch it and boy when God put that scale out in front of me that day and let me know that in every area of my life, I could make a choice. Whoa, I mean, it, it really got my attention. It depends on how high on the measuring stick that we're touching, how, how much we want. God will do as much or as little as we choose. And it was a big shock to me when I realized that the choice was mine. Father, in Jesus' name, this seems like a very simple, simple Bible study, but Father, when you gave this to me, I knew that it was something where we could judge ourselves in every area of life, and we could make the choice where we wanted to be on that measuring stick in every area. And Father, it, it's kind of shocking when I realized how far short I fall in, in some areas. But Lord, you're wanting us to look at every area and then submit 100% to you. Father, I don't know many Christians who don't want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But Father, there's something we have to do to receive that. And so Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking that you deal with us, each one of us individually, where we'll come to a place where we submit every area of our life. And we say, God, it's worth whatever it takes for me to be able to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's worth every, anything because, Father, the choice is ours. I'd never realized before it's our choice in every area. So, Father, help us because, Lord, we want to get better and better. We want to go further and further in your kingdom. We want to be able to hear those words from you. 
Lord, we just say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.